Welcome to the Discipleship Podcast with Pastor Pablo Martinez. We truly believe disciples aren't born, they are made. If your desire is to grow, renew your mind, and go to the next level in the way you live for God, this podcast is for you. Pastor Pablo will be sharing the real heart of a disciple through tough but transformational truths that are sure to confront us. These truths will lead us into establishing the kingdom of God in our lives. Now is the time. Grab your pen, a notebook, and your Bible. It's time to get formed. Awesome. Welcome. Why don't we give Jesus a round of applause? How about that? Yeah. Awesome. Let's do this. Uh, you may be seated. Uh, you already said hello to the person next to you. I hope you came with them. Um, it is so good to be here in the house of God. I got to tell you, we encountered some trials to come here today. And I know that the message is good, really good. So um, it is, it's an amazing thing when you find uh, walls of opposition in order for you to share what God has called you to share. And I just got to tell you guys, um, the message that I'm about to share with you, I was actually going to preach about the second characteristic of Lydia, like I told you guys last week, which is still an amazing word. But um, this message was supposed to be preached on Sunday. And I felt like God wanted me to share this word with you tonight. And I didn't want to delay it. And I had to be, be obedient to God. And so this is Sunday's message, if you want to entitle it. But uh, I, I want to share it. I want to be obedient, like I said, to the Lord. And I pray that you open up your hearts, that you receive uh, what he prepared for us. And uh, I want to... Oh, want you uh, to please open up your Bibles. I don't know if we have it on the screens or not, but uh, it's going to be Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Joshua 6, 1. It, man, honestly, it's it's really, really good to be here. Really, really, really good to be here. Um, if you are, um, um, if you're excited to receive the word, I want you to close your eyes with me and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Dear God, thank you so much for your word and for your grace, for your love. Uh, we ask you, God, that you would change our hearts. God, we came here not to be informed, but to be transformed. We ask you, God, to please move in the depths of our being. God, help us, Lord, to see those walls around us break down. God, help us, Lord, to go closer to you and closer to becoming who you call us to be. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you. Holy Spirit, open up our hearts. Make us receptive to your word, and we will obey it. In your name we pray. Amen. Oh, so I want to read to you uh, Joshua chapter 6. Let's go. Let's do this. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 uh, through 20 is going to be quite a bit, but I'm going to read kind of quick. I might skip a few, but here we go. 6, 1. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one, no one was allowed to go in or out. Um, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors, you and your fighting men, should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. We're going to do that. I'm just kidding now. Then the, well, maybe we will. Then the walls, we don't want the, Anyway, so then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Verse 6. So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's, a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, march around the town 
and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. Now listen, verse 8. I know this seems like a weird story to you some, if you haven't never heard of it, but stay with me. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the rams, horns, started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. And the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of them, armed men, marched in front of the priest with the horns and some behind the ark, with the priest continually blowing the horns. Do not shout. Do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. I'm going to skip down to verse 20. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as long as they, as loud as they could. Suddenly, say with me, suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed and, is, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. It's amazing. Uh, this story is one of the most uh, well-known stories of the Old Testament is when the walls of Jericho collapsed. Uh, you might have seen pictures of it. Uh, if you're pretty new to the to the gospel, pretty new to the you know to church, you might have never heard of it. But I want you to understand one simple truth, and that is that the the Israelites, the people of God, were supposed to conquer this land called Jericho, and this this Jericho place had these huge walls, these walls to defend them from any attack, and these walls were supposed to be impenetrable. I won't bore you with the details of how 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 wide they were and how tall they were. Just know they were huge stone walls and they were really difficult to bring down. They didn't have the, the military equipment to bring it down back then. And so Joshua, being a military man, is leading the people of Israel into this next conquest, into their next big conquest. And his great plan, listen, his great plan is this. Let's walk around the city for seven days, one time every day, on the seventh day, we're going to walk around the seven times, and the, and the soldiers listen to, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, we like it so far, right? Scout it out, make sure, you know, we know where the enemies are, their weakness, their strength, and then, and then Joshua's, then we're going to scream. And then the soldiers were like, yeah, huh, and then, huh? And Joshua's like, and that's it. He's like, that's your plan? That's your great, big plan? Big, incredible plan to conquer, to walk around, and then shout. How many of you guys know that sometimes God's plans just simply don't seem to make sense? Sometimes God is doing something and you're like, God, I don't understand what's happening. And I don't really get how you're working. I don't understand why you're doing things the way you're doing them. Listen for just a second. In our lives, there will always be walls. And God wants those walls to come down. But he will require us to do some things that sometimes just don't make sense to the human mind. I'm not saying that. We're supposed to be dumb. We're sim simply supposed to be obedient. I want to talk about those boundaries in your life, those lines that the enemy has drawn for you not to conquer specific areas of your life. I'm talking about marriages that know they should be in a better place, but they're not. I'm talking about some of you students who know you should be going further and further, but there's lines, there's boundaries that you cannot seem to cross. I'm talking about your financial life where you seem to be stuck and there's, there's this huge wall that you cannot seem to get over. And the Lord wants you to conquer that area. But there's a big dividing wall between you and the conquest that God has for you. Hey, single people, I know you know there's walls. And God wants those walls to come down. Amen. God has walls. In ministry, you might have hit a wall. Have you ever felt like you hit a wall before? I'm not saying like physically hit a wall. But I'm talking about like, have you ever felt like you're stuck? Am I preaching just to two people here? Yeah? Okay, good. The camera guy. Anybody else? Or right, Alex? All right, good. I felt stuck before. I felt like, man, I got caught up in my spiritual walk and I cannot cross a certain boundary. I felt like, like 
Some people feel like, man, pastor, I feel like I'm bound or I feel like, like I'm cold or I feel like I can't get over this one next thing. Listen, maybe it's, a, it's an addiction. Maybe it's, it's something, a habit that's messing you up. It's something that's hurting you. Maybe it's your, the way you, you behave, the way you respond to situations. Maybe you're habitually negative and your people around you know it. Maybe you respond with anger or, or unforgiveness and there's this big wall that stops you from entering into the next beautiful thing that God has for you. Maybe you want to believe God for greater, but there's a line there that you can't cross. You see, there are lines, there are physical lines as well. As I was praying for this, I realized that there are lines that we do not see in our world all around us. You know, there's something called a sound barrier. Have you guys ever heard of that? 767 miles. If you go past 767 miles an hour, listen, 767 miles an hour, there seems to be a wall. And a wall that, need, that we, at some point in history, we never thought we can break it. In 1947, this guy named Jaeger completely broke the sound barrier. It's such an incredible thing. You heard this boom, this big sonic boom, and people thought he had disintegrated. What happened is he broke through a barrier that people couldn't see. It's called the sound barrier beyond 767 miles. There's also a barrier, 32 degrees. That's where water will turn into ice. Let's see, teachers. What about steam? When does water turn into steam? At what degree? 212. Good job. Marcos knows what's up, right? And at 212, right? That's the line. That's that barrier. There are lines that we cannot see. There's one particular line that, one, one line that I absolutely love. Uh, have you ever... If you've never gone on a plane before, um, it's pretty fun. But there's this moment when the plane's taking off. And it's called the line of no return. What's it called? It's actually called the PNR, point of no return, right? And it's this line, literally a line on the ground, a yellow line, where this plane is going and going and going. And it must take off. Listen, if that plane does not take off, if it tries to stop, he will crash. If it passes that line, it means you're going too fast to go back. It means you've already crossed a certain boundary. There's also a PNR for landing, meaning there's a line where the plane is going so far in its trajectory that it has no more gas, meaning it only has enough gas to make it there. It doesn't have gas to turn around. It's called a PNR. In our lives, there must be lines that we say, God, I have to cross this line so that I can survive. I have to cross this line so that my faith can thrive, so I will not end up a casualty like the rest of them. Am I making sense? God, I don't want to be just another religious dropout. Come on now. There's a line that every person must cross. I want to ask you, have you thought about that? That maybe there are boundaries, there are walls of Jericho needing to fall down. And I wonder what those walls are for us today. I see here in this, in this incredible story that there are three lines that the people had to cross in order for those walls to fall. Listen, in order to bring down the big wall, you first have to bring down some smaller walls in your life. In order to bring something great down, you first have to have small victories. You know that happens, right, at the gym? Not all of us can look this good right away. <laughs> It takes a lot of work. Yeah, right, right. You know what I mean? But like, how many of us know that going to the gym, it takes effort, right? To go to the first time, then the second time, the third time. But the real, real, like, how do you say this? The real gym people know that there's a line that you have to cross when you don't feel like going. And you real gym people, you actually go. And the rest of us just don't. We make excuses. Any real gym people here? 
Mm, okay, one or two of you guys. Yeah, we don't love you. We do, we love you. We just don't like you right now. You know what I mean? But, but what I'm saying is that some of you guys have that line that you cross and you say, hey, I know I don't feel good. I know I have every reason to stay. I know I'm extra tired, but guess what? I'm going to cross this line because you know that if you make that, then there's another great conquest behind that, right? The same thing happens in school, right? You, you got to finish this paper. There's this wall you got to finish so that you can graduate. It happens like that in everything. Sometimes you start a, a crappy job and then you got to work your way up. These are barriers you got to break in life. Your spiritual life is the same way, right? You have to have small victories. And this is our, the boundaries that I saw that the people of Israel had to bring down first in order to bring down the walls. See, what brought down the walls, listen, it was not the sound of their screaming. What brought down the walls was faith, trust, and obedience. First, they had to cross the boundary from fear and step into faith. They had to cross the boundary from doubt and step into trust. They had to cross the boundary from arguments and into obedience. The first line that every single believer, you, today, have to decide to cross. Please listen for a second. You have to cross the boundary. Decide that you're not going to live in fear. Instead, you're going to live in faith. Man, what an incredible time we're living in. I read the other day, I mean, I listened the other day to Daniel Kalenda. He said, these moments are defining our generation. The World War II generation was defined by that war, right? The Civil War. This is our war. This is our time. This is where our generation will be remembered by this. The years to come, the decades to come, the centuries to come, they will speak of that one generation that had to wear a mask to go to church and go to church outside. Am I making sense? I promise you this too shall pass. This too shall pass. It's going to end. At some point, this will pass. If you don't believe me, I promise you this too will pass. I'm not a prophet. I'm just, I'm only 39 years old. But I live that long enough to know that heaven and earth shall pass, but his worth will never pass. Everything passes on this earth. Listen, this too shall pass. Listen, this too shall pass. It has an expiration date. The question is this. Will you pass this moment? Will you pass? Will you be able to say, God, I stepped through the line. I trusted. I went from fear and I stepped into faith. I believed you through the worst times. I believed you through scarcity. I believed you through sickness. I believed you through lack of financial support. I believed you through it all. I was able to say, I am here. And although, faith, although fear is screaming at me, I would rather listen to the whispers of faith. Come on, please God, give God a shout of praise. Come on now. That sounded like a fearful shout, but it's okay. We're going to learn. It's the first shout, It's the first turn, so we're going to do this, okay? Then the, the, this is it's crazy because it says in Hebrews, um, actually, give me just one second. I want to step in there for just a little bit longer. Sometimes you have to let go of a situation in order to actually trust God. You might have heard of let go and let God, right? You got to let go and let God work. Sometimes when we are afraid, it's because we don't have control of something. I got a newsflash. You don't have control anyway. Amen. You can't. You don't have control. Someone said, you may have a better way of running this universe, but you don't have a universe. You don't. You're simply not a God. You, some of you guys think you are, but that's barely an idol. Listen, God has control. And to be able to trust, not the situation, but trust the God who has control over every situation, it takes care of fear right away. Amen. Sometimes, guys, you won't know where you're going. But as long as you know who's driving and you trust the person who's on the wheel, you're going to be just fine. You can take a nap. Amen. Trust that God is taking us to a better place, to a great place. Amen. 
First thing is this, is letting go and letting God. The second thing that these people had to do, they had to allow that doubt, that the what ifs turn into trust. I'm not talking about fear now. Now I'm talking about arguments. Listen, I'm talking about those thoughts that linger. Those moments that tell you, why don't you just quit? Why don't you just stop? You really need a break. You know, the moments I find when something tells me you really need a break is when I have to push the most. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times where you have to physically rest. But I never need to take a break from my wife. I don't need to take away a break from my family. I definitely don't need to take a break from my God. And I don't need to take my break. Listen, from that which I know keeps me strong. Have you ever heard the voice, the whispers of the enemy saying, drawing that line in you, ah, you're going too far, it's too much. Maybe you're overdoing this Christianity thing. Maybe this God thing is just meant to be around you, not in you. Maybe this God thing is just supposed to be a sprinkle, not a baptized. Am I talking, am I talking sense? Does that make sense? That this, this enemy draws boundaries in our spiritual walk and says, are you getting too close to God? Because you should draw that line. Maybe you should take a break from God. Maybe you should take a break from serving him. Can I tell you something? I will serve God until the day I die. And if I could, after that as well. Listen, I'm trying to tell you something simple. That to serve God is an honor. It's a privilege. To serve God is never a burden. To walk with Jesus is always the greatest honor. To walk with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will never become a burden. Listen, I'm not saying we don't need vacations. I'm not saying you, we don't need sometimes to just refresh. What I'm simply telling you is this. There's some things you should never take a break from. Never. Never take some breaks from, like I said, from your spouse, from your family, from the love of God. Now, can you switch things up? Absolutely. Switch it up. What I'm trying to tell you, I'm not saying switch your wife, switch your son. I'm not saying, I'm just saying spice it up. How, use your, anyway, so let's just move on to the next point. So what I'm trying to say is this, that these people, this, these men and women, they were so, you know, they were listening And, and I, I could just see this. I don't know if you caught this, but, that, uh, but Joshua told them at some point, you need to shut your mouth. Now, I, I don't mean to say it's like rudely. I know there's kids here. Don't ever say that. But, you know, you need to be quiet, he told them. You cannot say a single word until I tell you to shout. That's what Joshua said. He said, keep quiet. Now, listen. For how long? Seven days. Seven days. Some of us can't go seven minutes. Seven seven. Seven seconds without saying something. You know what? These people were not allowed to speak for seven days. Why? As I read the, the word, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Day one, on, on verse uh, 11 of chapter six, it says that they had no result. They went around this, this city, this walled city, an entire town, you know, with these with this horns. They weren't singing. They were just blowing the horns. They were marching on. No result. Second day, no result. Third day, no result. Third day, fourth day. Now they're looking at these huge walls thinking, what is going on? I think Joshua's crazy. What is God thinking? Is he going to send fire from heaven? Is something, what's going to happen? Is it, I mean, how is this supposed to work? They're in the sixth time. Still nothing had happened. Six days of marching around the city. Didn't make any sense. And I know why God told them to be quiet. Because if they would have spoken, they would have discouraged one another. Because they would have begun to talk. Somebody would say, well, I, I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just, I think we should pray for Joshua. I, think, I don't think he knows what he's doing. I, I, we should just pray for Joshua. I think what he's feeling, what he's doing, maybe he's not connected. Maybe he, maybe he skipped a meal too long, you know, too, too many meals. Maybe he's getting a little too old. We should pray, brother, for Joshua. And they begin to do something 
that in the Bible is called talking smack. <laughs> just kidding. They begin to talk. They begin to just all of a sudden discourage each other. They begin to question what God is asking of them. What if, I'm just asking, what if Joshua told them to be quiet because he knew the condition of human nature? That sometimes, instead of talking, we murmur. And God sometimes doesn't want us to talk. He wants us to walk. Sometimes talking is just too cheap. And God wants us to actually walk a journey of faith. Sometimes maybe God doesn't want us to share with our family everything about the Bible. He wants us to walk the Bible. And whenever necessary, we share it with our words. Somebody please say amen. Maybe sometimes God wants us to walk in faith, show faith. When asked, why is it that it looks so different? Why is it your life is looking prosperous? Why is your life looking like it's shining even though you're under the same cloud? Then you can say, God, am I allowed to speak? And God will say, now it's time to shout. Now you tell them what the word of God says. But see, sometimes, I don't know about you, but something begins to speak in my mind and begins to say, this ain't working. That's not working. If I had a dollar for every husband that told me, I think I married the wrong woman. I would have bought myself a bike, another truck already. <laughs> Listen, I have to tell him the same thing over and over. I said, look, what if she's thinking the same thing? I tell him, you know what? You don't marry the wrong person or the right person. You are either the right person or you're either the wrong person. You don't marry the right one, the wrong one. What if I marry the wrong one? Really? As long as you're the right one, it's going to be all right. Success in relationships is not marrying the one you love by loving the one you marry. Man, success in Christianity is the same thing, exact same thing. God, I don't understand what's happening, but I'm going to walk with you. Dear church, we got to walk. We got to walk. The problem is that we stop a little too short, don't we? Sometimes we tap out a little too quick. These people walked I heard an amazing sermon by Stephen Furtick, and I'm not going to try to imitate it because he's a giant. Listen, he talked about how you could stop at six, how these people stopped at six. I didn't hear the whole sermon. I only heard the little clip, to be honest with you. But that was awesome. I was like, that's awesome. But the concept of stopping at six, the concept of going just far enough and then quitting. I'm going to tell you in other ways, my coach used to say, you have to pump the well. I was like, well, what coach? My coach usually was drunk, you know, his coach. And he would be spitting stuff at our face. Probably gotta pump the well, man. I'm like, what well, coaches? You gotta pump the well, man. You gotta keep pumping the well. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? You know, He's just, you gotta pump the well, man. If you stop pumping the well, water's almost, and then just water just drops. You gotta pump the well. I get it now. You gotta pump the well. It's almost out. And once it's out, it just gushes and keeps going and flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. But some people stop right. Before the water comes out. Some people stop right before the walls come down. Maybe, maybe you don't see your family changing. Maybe you don't see something happening. And God is saying, don't stop at six. Don't stop pumping the well. You got a little bit longer. Just keep on going. Don't talk. Don't talk. Just you're about to mess it up. Shh, just keep walking. Am I making sense? God is saying, just keep walking. Keep, keep doing what's right. Keep doing what I told you to do. Just keep walking. There's a right time to shout. And it's not at six. It's not at six. Some people, they immediately quit. Some people go a little further, then they stop. Sunday's message. I pray it speaks to you, but today's message is definitely for you. Definitely for you. Sometimes 
God is doing something so great and we don't see it working. And you're not going to see it working until you allow the plan of God to work in you first. Man, sometimes you don't see God doing something because he's doing something in you first. Because God can change a situation like that. But it takes time to change people. You hear what? You hear that? Sometimes God will take time to change people. A situation, he can just talk and stars align. Do you know God spoke this world into existence? This world hangs because God spoke it into hanging into this incredible vast universe, which his hand holds. Did you know, I was trying to explain this to my kid, because he was saying, we were talking about the world and how if it's a little bit closer to the sun, we would burn. If it's a little bit further to the sun, we would freeze. No other planet on our entire universe has the living conditions that we have. No other planet has what we have, the oxygen, the ozone layer, everything that it has, God designed it and spoke it. It is foolish to think. And this happened for a reason because of circumstance. Man, God created. He spoke. Did you know on the first day, second day, third day, the world obeyed. Everything around obeyed. But you and I think we have the luxury to disobey when planets obey. Man, entire galaxies listen to the voice of God. Thunder and lightning. God moves things. And yet you and I give ourselves the luxury of saying, I don't know, God, I don't know if that thing's going to work for me. See, blue whales can do that, but I, I, yeah. God will allow 12 hours in the day, 12 hours at night. The moon will change. Listen, the moon will change the sea line. Do you know that? That the way that the sea is not riding all upon us, the reason the sea doesn't overcome us is because the moon somehow, someway affects the water line. I don't understand it. I just know my God is smart. And when he tells me something like love your enemies, I can say, God, I don't understand it as much as the, soon as the moon affects the sea line. What I do understand is that you are good and you know what you're doing. And I will walk six, seven times, 12 if you need them, 15 if you need them. But at that time when you tell me, I know that your plan works. But the first must work in me. This church, I'm telling you this. Some of you guys know it from the depth of your heart. Some of you guys are barely coming to the realization. We'll be thousands and thousands of people. You don't even know the impact this church will cause. It'll be so incredible. Some of you guys are like, man, six, I'm going to stop right there. But I pray that those of you that are willing to walk the seventh, that God will work the process in you, will change you in such a way, such a way, And as the process works in you, after that, you'll see the walls come down in every area of your life. I don't know about you, but I determined that my family, my family and my generations thereafter will never, ever experience divorce. That wall of divorce has come down. Never. Infidelity, it will not happen in my family. Listen, not in my family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That wall has already come down. Which walls do you want to see come down? We will not live in poverty, not because we care about riches, but because God wants to use our everything to bless him and to bless people. That wall has already come down. Which walls need to come down from your generations? Which walls need to come down from your life? Maybe there's a wall of spiritual blockage that you say, Pastor, I want to read the word, but when I try, I don't understand. That's a wall. I don't understand the word. Well, that's a wall. 
How do you bring it down? Seven times. I will read the, the Bible. How many times? Once. How many times have you read the Bible? Like five days. No, no. Read the Bible seven times. Read the Bible seven times. If you don't understand it after the seventh time reading the Bible, okay, fine, quit. Or pray about it. <laughs> Listen. Do you have that stick-to-itiveness to say, God, as long as it takes, as far as we go? Here's the thing. Let me finish with something super simple. Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. If we do not give up. I preached a sermon not too long ago called Shut the Snake Up. Or Don't Talk to the Snake. Goes back to Genesis chapter 3, where Eve had this long old conversation with this snake. She was not clothed in the Garden of Eden, talking to a snake, and her husband was nowhere to be seen. Listen, don't talk to snakes. Number one, don't talk to snakes. Sometimes the snakes are outside, sometimes they're in here. Sometimes the snake will tell you, did God really say that? I don't have time to develop it, but man, in Genesis chapter 3, you find God. Genesis chapter 2, towards the middle, towards the end, God gives a commandment, says there's two trees. One is the tree of life. The other one is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Of the tree of life you can eat and every other tree in the garden. But that tree of knowledge of good and evil, do not touch that tree. Now, if you go a little further on in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the snake begins to speak to Eve. And Eve begins to say, really? And she begins to listen to the snake. The snake, I don't know how it sounded, but I'm thinking, Eve, I don't know how she sounded, but I know that, the, or he, or I don't know what it was, but the snake was talking to Eve, and Eve listened, and she listened to the snake, and she talked back to the snake. You know, snakes talk still. A snake still can talk. Some of them even have an Instagram. You think I'm playing? I'm serious. So many snakes out there. How many of you guys know there are still snakes that talk? Did God really say that? Snake number one, snake first argument. Did God really say that? Come on now. God doesn't show me where it says it. And Eve went and said, yeah, yeah, God really said it. And the snake said, ah, oh, no, no, no. You will surely not die. What causes us to stop at six? Listening to snakes. Did God really say that if you walk away from him, you'll die? Actually, he did. Remain in me. For if you do not remain in me, you will die. You will wither. You will be thrown out. These branches cannot bear fruit lest they remain in me. Listen, I got to tell you this. If you talk to snakes, eventually you will be poisoned. Man, this woman talked to the snake and then she gave her husband to eat. And I don't think it was her fault. I think it was his fault. I blame the man every time. Because he should have been defending his house. He should have been protecting his wife. I don't know about you, but if somebody's talking to my wife, while there's no clothes involved, I am not going to allow it. I'm going to be mad. Am I making sense? I certainly will not allow a snake to talk to my wife. Come on now. And this guy just, oh, what the heck? And then God asked her, hey, what'd you do? Why are you hiding? Oh, because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? Well, we hid because we were naked. Who told you? Uh, the, the, the woman you gave me, she gave me something to eat and I don't even know what happened. And then he turns to the woman and the woman says, the snake, God, it was the snake you put out here. Listen, why am I telling you this story? It doesn't seem to be related at all whatsoever. Let me tell you why. 
Because human beings, every single one of us, we talk to ourselves hundreds and thousands of words a day. I actually have the number here, but um, how, many, how many words do you guys think we talk to each other a day or by ourselves, to ourselves? 150 to 300 words a minute, a minute, a minute. Every minute you're talking from 150 to 300 words. Right now you're talking to yourself about this message. Or if you're somebody who's a little ADD, you're distracted about, what was that? Was that a truck? I wonder if the donuts are open. <gasps> El sapo quesadillas. That sounds bomb right now. Or some of you guys are looking at the girl up there. It's like, oh, and she's godly too? Mm-mm-mm. You're talking to yourself constantly. 150 to 300 words a minute. A minute. 60 minutes in one hour. 24 hours. That is a lot of words you talk to yourself. Now, let me ask you this. How much of that aligns with the word of God and the truth of God. Sometimes it is not what's said outside is what we allow in our hearts that will stop us from bringing down walls. The reason I share this message with you is because I want you to see the promised land. I want you to be able to bring down walls. And I don't think the enemy wants that for you. He did everything in his power to stop me from sharing this word. I promise you. This word was for you and it's still for you. Here's what you need. Here's what you and I need. Number one thing is we need to go from fear into faith. Amen? From doubt into trust. Reason has nothing to do with this. It's all about trust. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like forgiveness will never make sense. Forgiveness is never sensical. It's never emotional. It's always a will issue. Will you forgive? Not do you feel like forgiving. It doesn't make sense to forgive. It's will you break this wall down? Everything that God asks, everything that he asks is for your good. Some of it don't make sense. But I promise you, everything he asks you to do will bless you and those around you. And the last thing I told you is simple, is those, those, that concept of arguments versus obedience. Obedience will only be true and, and, and complete obedience when you don't have all the information. When you have all the information, it's just agreement. But obedience takes another level. Sometimes my kids don't want to obey until I tell them what it is. For example, today, I'm not going to, actually, I told Elijah I wasn't going to use them too much in my sermons anymore. But, but I guess I'm trying to say that sometimes kids out there, you know, I tell them, do this. Why? Their favorite word becomes why. And I don't mind explaining. I don't mind answering your questions. Don't be questioning me, though. There's a difference between questions and questioning. What's the difference? When you ask questions to God, is with the intention of fully obeying. When you're questioning God, is with the intention of disobeying or delaying the obedience, which is the same as disobedience. These people here were asked to be quiet so that they would continuously obey regardless of the situation. I pray that today God will speak to you about specific walls that you need to bring down. Maybe it's a wall in your devotional life that you want to work, know the word of God. You want to spend time in his word, but there's a wall there and you know it's a satanic wall. You know the enemy's stopping you in every single way possible. Some of you guys, that wall is a physical wall. Looks like a phone. And instead of hitting the word first, you start looking at your Instagram first. And instead of saying, what do you have for me, God? You ask, oh, what is she wearing? What is he wearing? <gasps> They broke up. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> And God is like, uh-uh. I got a word for you. This will empower you. Spend time in his presence. 
Now, here's the key. If you don't, instead of feeling bad, do it. Sometimes we feel bad as to make God feel like we're not that bad. I tell my boy, don't try to manipulate me. Just do what I asked you. I forgave you already. Don't worry about it. It's in the past. Now get it done. Same thing, guys. God would say, you didn't do it yesterday. That's fine. You got tomorrow. Let's do it together. Amen? Amen? Today's the day to say, God, I'm going to break walls down in my family of communication. I'm going to break walls down of prayer. Amen. I'm going to break walls down in every area of my life of faith. I will not allow fear to conquer me. Why don't you stand up with me? I believe God's going to do something amazing right now. I feel it, man. I feel it. I'm telling you, God is doing something. Genesis 3, 1 through 5 is a clear example of what happens. When we listen to the enemy's voice, however, when we listen to God's voice, something amazing happens. This is something that I noticed when I was reading through those chapters. It was so powerful. I realized that some people have walls of sadness. You can't seem to break through them. Walls of unforgiveness, like I talked about. But there's also a wall. is the wall of defeat. And there's this wall that is just lurking and it's huge. And you think, God, I could never be that. I could never become that. I could never overcome this. And God is telling you right here, right now, you can't. You're right. But you and I are the majority. You and I can do, man, we can do this. The Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. All things through Christ who gives me strength. What things? All things. All things. Everything through Christ. Everything through Christ. Some of you guys have a mental block in your dreams. And you can't dream for more. That wall is going to come down right now. In the name of Jesus. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Let me pray over your life. Holy Spirit of God, I thank you. Because I know that this message of breaking walls through obedience, through faith, through trust, God, through trust. I ask you, God, right now that anyone here, Lord, that has felt a blockage in their life, in their spiritual life. Maybe they, they felt a blockage, God, in relations. Maybe they have had a, such a hard time making friends. And, and God, I pray right now that those walls will fall in the name of Jesus. When things don't make sense, we want to obey you, God, because we trust you. Holy Spirit of God. I can hear the walls falling in the name of Jesus. Listen, it's going to sound really strange and our neighbors may not like it. But at the count of three, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different. Listen, I believe that God will ask us to do something in the physical and manifest it in the spiritual. It happened throughout the entire Bible. These walls didn't fall down because of their screaming. These walls fell down because of their obedience and willingness to listen. These walls had to come down. I believe God has walls that he wants to bring down right now. Walls of sadness, walls of religiosity, walls of inhibition, walls of fear. And God says tonight we will bring those walls down. I tell you what, when I count to three, we're going to give a shout for the walls to fall. Are you guys ready to do that? Yeah. One, dear God, I ask you right now that before this wall, before we shout, God, that you prepare right now that walls of sadness will be torn down, God. Walls of sickness, God. Walls of defeat. Walls of poverty, God. Walls of loneliness. In the name of Jesus, too, we declare, God, that these walls will fall. God, we declare that as we lift our voice to you, those walls, God, that say, don't say anything. Don't say anything. You're going to look foolish. You're going to sound ridiculous. Those walls, God, of those, those snakes, those, those voices of the snake, God, we declare that they will not 
lead us astray. God, I declare, God, that tonight, as we scream, as we share, God, with our hearts and with our throat, with our with our mouth, God, that those walls will fall. God, I believe that tonight, those walls will come down in the name of Jesus. The enemy will not stop our prayer life, our devotional life, God, our families from coming to you. One, two, three. Jesus, a mighty hand of praise. Give him a hand of praise. Do not get tired of doing good because in due season, you will reap his reward. So what now? What now? Here's what happens. God has a word of obedience for you tonight and tomorrow. Here's one thing that you will have to do. I promise you, God will speak to you through his word. Get in his word. Get in his word. Tomorrow morning, instead of looking at your phone first, you're going to reach out to the word of God and say, God, I want to obey. I want to walk. I want to walk. Let God lead your life. Not the news, not the rumors. God, God, God. Amen. We will be a Bible-believing and Bible-obedient church. Amen. Win souls and make disciples is our marching orders. Listen, our lives here count for so much. You don't even know the world is looking for someone who stands in the truth. Few people know the truth. There's so much miscommunication. So many left, right, this, that, Democrat, Republican, all kinds of things. Listen, black, white, everything in between. All kinds of sides. Pick one side. And that's the high side. Pick God's side for just a moment. Say, God, you know what? I just want your truth. I want what you say to matter more than anything else. You know, I find that when that happens, somehow, someway, everything else begins to clear up very quickly. Very quickly. Run to the word. Amen. Please say amen. Amen. God bless you guys so much. We'll continue to give God a shout of praise. Let's do it. God bless you guys so much. Not this Monday, but the next Monday, we're going to have a picnic at the park with social distance. Okay, so it's Labor Day at Whittier and Arrows at 1 p.m. We'll give you guys a location through the cell groups and all that. I hope we enjoy all that. It's going to be amazing. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's outdoors and there's so much space. So if you want to just be there and be a little further away from people, that's totally fine. You know, uh, but it's, we're just going to have some time and some fellowship out there. Is that good? We can't stay away from each other. We love each other. God bless you guys. See you guys later.